Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. You've got Lexi and Jordan here. Hello. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you guys? Good. Nice and warm out here. How hot is it there, actually? Actually, today is a gorgeous day, like not a cloud in the sky, and probably it was 72 this morning, so maybe like 75, but it is like like perfect. Yes, it is a gorgeous day right now. We didn't have a much of a spring, like it was super overcast and chilly. Mm -hmm. And now we're finally getting some mild, awesome days. It probably won't last long because Southern Illinois heat will come and defeat us very soon. Oh, wow. (laughs) But uh, it's gorgeous right now. It's already in the 90s here. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Like, who? I guess it's unusually hot, though, for this time of year. Okay. I feel like your weather just goes, like, freezing, snowing, 90. Is that what happens? Because I think like that would happen. Part of it is because like we're at the bottom of a of a mountain range, mm-hmm. so I mean, if within 15 minutes you can be in the mountain. So I think that's part of why it's so drastic. We're literally this part of Utah is a geologically odd place in the world because of the mm-hmm. mountain in the basin range. So, so yeah, it was like I don't know. I think it was in the 40s last week, and it's in the 90s this week. So, <laughs> it's a wonder you weird. guys don't have like weird sinus pressure headaches and things like that <laughs> yeah, because exactly. of like the extreme weather changes. Yes. One of the top three worst places to live in the whole world for asthma. <laughs> so now yeah, you're classified nice. the same as Salt Lake City, aren't you? Like you, you guys in Salt Lake City are all in the same, like that same issue with the mountain and the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Technically we're more mountain than they are, but yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, it's, it's considered like the great basin area is what it's called. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. I was seeing something about Salt Lake City's bad air quality not that long ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same as – that was pretty crazy. Considered Ogden, too. Yeah. So since we're talking about hot weather, we're going to do an icebreaker based on what is something we've been enjoying doing with our families now that it's getting warmer and more summery. Yeah. So we – for the past few years we've done this. We go to Walmart and buy like a $20 pool that's just oh, uh, yeah. cheap pools and um fill it up in the backyard and we move it every few days because Jared doesn't want it to kill the grass (laughs) (laughs) yeah have you ever had a pool that like killed the grass underneath and yes it smells so bad why really yes whenever the grass underneath a pool dies like that it like rots the grass and it smells like sewage I don't it's probably like composting it down I bet gross yeah so we move it every few days um, but we bought that and really enjoying that. And then we also got a slip and slide, which has been, Oh, kind of oh that's so yeah. fun. It was like $7 for the slip and slide and it's that's awesome. Hours of laughter. <laughs> well, yeah, totally worth it. Especially yeah. staying cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we love that. What about you guys? Um, this is the first year that both of the boys are on two wheel bikes fun. So we've got a bike path in our city that they can just hop on our neighborhood and go over to the city's, um, what is it like a biking park? I guess I don't know what the actual term is, but okay. So almost every single night after dinner, Brian's been taking the boys either for a really long bike ride or over to the dirt bike thing. And they are just eating it up. It's so cute. Awesome. It's so fun. Is it like a little dirt trail for 
the, the dirt bike thing is like a dirt trail for bikes? So there's like a paved path that goes <laughs> through a lot of Northern Utah, but that goes to the actual dirt bike park. It has like hills and you can do BMX stuff there. Oh man, that's sweet. So, oh yeah, it's really sweet. The boys love it. Ransom so. has been riding a dirt bike this summer. Oh, that's way fun. Like a motorized yeah. one? Yeah. So he had, okay. my parents have a battery one. Okay. It still goes probably like, I don't know, it probably goes 30 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my brother and my nephew, he has a gas powered okay. bike that goes even faster, but they have a governor on it. So it doesn't go, it doesn't go like Is big. it like a mini bike? Yeah. It's a dirt bike. Or is it full size? Okay. Yeah. It's a mini one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bike. Brian's dad got the boys one of those and they've been kind of enjoying that. It's kind of hard because they need to, you know, there's a learning curve with it, yes, but it's definitely. way fun. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so my dad, he was riding it, Ransom was riding it this morning and my dad set up little ramps. Mm-hmm. So he was ramping in the grass with it for a while and wrecked his first wreck this morning. <gasps> oh, he's he totally fine. But it was, yeah, he, like, awesome. he got his first wreck under his belt. So he's not, mm-hmm. so he's like, I wrecked the motorcycle today, dad. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Such a, it's always good for me to hear other boys doing the same nonsense as my boys. So yes. yeah, <laughs> it's encouraged around here. <laughs> cool. Well, today we are just going to talk a little bit about the topic of, um, generosity and being a cheerful giver. Um, Jordan and I both follow the Bible reading challenge and we were, was it last week? I think we were in second Corinthians last week and there was just some stuff that really stuck out to me in here that I had never considered before. And I think it's probably the season of life I'm in, but, um, I just kind of wanted to read through this and discuss it a little bit. So we're in second Corinthians chapter nine. I'm going to pick up at verse six and read the rest of the chapter. Um, It says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgiving to God. I actually think we can stop there. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the thing that stuck out to me this time was that word decided. Um, and maybe this is what we can have a conversation about. I feel like when I'm not cheerful in my service, it's because I did not like premeditate my generosity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm simply reacting to a need or um, reacting even in a good way to something I would like to be doing or I wished I had more time to be doing. Mm -hmm. but it really just stuck out to me that we need to be proactive in our generosity, like setting boundaries around the limitations God has given us in our seasons. Mm -hmm. And when we're doing that, we can be, that's like almost the fertile ground for our Thanksgiving and our cheerfulness to the Lord and our service to grow up out of. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's really good. And even verse one through, let's say one through five is Paul writing to them, letting them know, hey, this opportunity is about to arise before you. Yes. Preparing them like, hey, 
this is, this is the need. It's about to arise before you. I want you to be able to do this cheerfully and not, um, mm-hmm. not as an exaction. Um, so in our hearts, I think we should be preparing ourselves in the same way, even if mm-hmm. it's every morning saying, yes. hey, these needs are about to be before me. Lord, help me to cheerfully mm-hmm. meet the needs as service to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that way, we can anticipate unexpected ones if we are daily going before the mm-hmm. Lord and saying like, trusting in him to be the one to prepare us for the good works, mm-hmm. not just relying on ourselves, which we've talked about before. Trust God to pick up that, you know, mental, physical, emotional tab for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I've just been noticing in myself a lot lately. I've been, we just have a lot going on and I haven't been as diligent to carve out the time to figure out like what things God has actually given me in this season specifically. Um, yeah. the, I, and to Ephesians, oh, there's the verse in Ephesians about walking circumspectly with wisdom in order to redeem the times because they're evil. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and find it. But, um, that actual, the word circumspectly actually means to buy the opportunity, like see a bargain with your time and figure out how to essentially turn a profit on it. Mm. Um, so that idea coinciding with the section on, um, being a cheerful giver, like planning beforehand to be generous, it really helped me see, like, I we kind of need to be reevaluating how we're being generous over and over and over again throughout a variety of seasons of motherhood or ministry, or even just like seasons of church life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just yesterday, Jared and I and um, another couple at our house that are part of our church, we're just having a conversation about this. Jared's about to start preaching through Ecclesiastes tomorrow. And we were talking about um, with the seasons of life, how very easy it is to start looking to other seasons and evaluating our limitations based on someone else's seasons limitations and mm. how we should stop and really meditate on what season we're in, what is the importance Mm -hmm. of that season, why has God ordained that season and the things for me to do in it, and then be thankful for it. Even if it means Mm -hmm. like with little children, it means you may not sleep very much at the beginning years. Yeah. Okay. That's what it means. But it also means a lot of really precious things. And instead Mm -hmm. of focusing on like, well, I can't, I can't do an early morning Bible study because I was up, you know, whatever it may be. <laughs> yeah. Instead of focusing on the limitations and the things that you can't do that other people in other seasons may be able to be very thankful for the preciousness of where God has sovereignly ordained you in your season. And yeah. I think it's the same with being a cheerful giver, whatever God has ordained and sovereignly placed in your life, being focused on the gratefulness and the thankfulness instead of, you know, the begrudging attitude about it. Of being happy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Matthew Henry had a really good point on, well, he had a few good points. He was talking about how we, okay, I'm just going to quote him. It says it is of great concernment that we not only do what it requires, but we do it as it is commanded. So God tells us specifically how to give. He wants us Mm -hmm. not to just give, but to give cheerfully. Yeah. So I, I just, I do think we need to be evaluating like, maybe pulling back in some areas or expanding in other areas um, to make sure we're staying within the bounds of how God has called us to be giving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Jared and I talk about this sometimes that God actually commands feelings and emotions (laughs) about things that rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice, that's a feeling an emotion action, but Mm -hmm. a feeling and emotion behind it. And in the same way, like 
we can't give ourselves an excuse a day that we are grumpily giving, you know, mm -hmm. God, mm -hmm. God commands a certain attitude and emotion along with the giving. And we should respond in obedience to that instead of, you know, giving ourselves the emotional pass or whatever it may be. So then it makes me wonder that word decided. I think part of deciding beforehand is even if it does feel like extra taxing, whatever it is that we're giving away, deciding beforehand to be cheerful about mm -hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. just deciding what it is you're giving, but deciding beforehand, I'm going to be cheerful about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I was, because I, I gonna, think, go ahead. I, I think like when I think about people that are really passive or that have like walked away from the church or they've complained about their needs not being met. So they're just going to leave. I, I see a big characteristic of those sort of people being passive in their church life and not giving um, forethought to ma basically making a, a roadmap of how to be fruitful in the local church. Mm -hmm. So um, another thing that Matthew Henry said was to give with thought and with design. And so I guess one, one example is we've had a lot of military families come in and out and I see a marked difference in the families that get into our church, they put their roots down and then they make a plan for hospitality or they make a plan for giving or they make a plan for making friends. But those who kind of wander in and out, mm -hmm. um, going with their every whim and emotional desire, they're not as rooted and they're not as fruitful because they're not deciding beforehand to just be all there. Yeah. I think that goes back to a problem of like the consumeristic church culture mm -hmm. that has yeah. been bred, you know, especially in our country. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to kind of reflect on what is the purpose of church? Yeah. What is the purpose of um, the gathered body on Sunday mornings? So um, yeah, so I think that goes back to that a little bit. Like, okay, if the purpose of church is me to go and be entertained in my um my needs to be met and me to feel comfortable and like the style and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, be sought out to be included or um, be sought out to like someone to finally ask me to serve in some way like that. That's not what the church was, is made for. We're, we're supposed to be diving in cheerfully giving, um, mm -hmm. which, which I mean, this chapter is about um, actually financial giving. Mm -hmm. Um, which we're Lexi and I are just kind of using this application into other areas of our life. But, um, the whole purpose of this portion of scripture is actually about financial giving to the church, which I mean, is a big thing to work on your heart to be cheerful about as well. <laughs> like, yes. um, especially I think <clears throat> pastors, families and wives, it can, it can be hard for us to, um, be cheerfully giving to the church and, um, and willfully doing that is obedience to the Lord because money is sometimes tight and salaries are not always luxurious, um, in pastoring. So, um, yeah, I think it's <laughs> important to search our own hearts, even with our giving our financial giving to the church, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nancy Wilson says that God loves to use the superlative. I mean, he says he will give us, he will make all grace abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you can abound in every good work. Like that's not, yeah, that's awesome. Not, that's just, mm -hmm. that's not like you can abound in good works when you got your sleep from nine to six in the morning or right. when you got the bigger paycheck, when you got the raise, no, you can abound in every good work because God is the one supplying the seed to you. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if anyone has ever done gardening out there or not, but if I was told 
every single one of my plants was going to grow up and mature and give me an abundant amount of fruit, I would freely scatter my seeds. Mm -hmm. And that's what we should be doing in, from this section is God has promised us a fruitful harvest. So yeah. we should be freely just yeah. scattering the heck out away. of those seeds. Yeah. yeah, just giving it away. Mm -hmm. Because first of all, he's the one that supplied the ability to us and the materials and the energy and the finances, all that stuff. But second of all, he's going to give us, uh, where was I reading recently about God gives back in disproportionate amounts. Mm -hmm. So we give him a little seed in the ground. Yeah. He gives us zucchini and zucchini bread and zucchini pie and zucchini yeah. casserole. Like yeah. <laughs> I, this is an overplayed analogy at this point. I'm sorry, but it, it just really dawned on me. I think because I have been gardening more this year, like, no, there is so much spiritual truth in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I thought it may be good to point out to you, um, verse six, I know in my history of church life before I was in a solid church, um, verse six was used with like a prosperity gospel mentality of like, uh -huh. so sparingly you'll reap sparingly. If you'll so bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. And like the focus was on the reaping bountifully. Mm -hmm. And, um, just in this, we have to remember that the focus on this is on our sowing that we don't, mm -hmm. we don't sow with a heart just waiting for that harvest. Like we mm -hmm. sow because it's obedient no. to God. Like our job is the sowing. Yes. We don't we don't worry about what God may or may not do with it. Although we like you said, we know he's gonna do something. We know he will be yeah. faithful. But our heart shouldn't be like, I'm putting the seed down just so God's gonna give it back to me. Oh yeah. Like, no, I do this because I love the Lord and I want to be obedient to him. I mean, yeah, any, any day I come complain to Jordan, she always tells me to remember to not grow weary of doing good. And I think that's what happens when you, when you're focusing on the harvest, you will be very quick to grow weary mm -hmm. because it's part of the design feature of walking the Christian life that we want to grow weary. And that's to yeah. cause us to depend on the Lord more. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think you, if you wonder like, am I doing this with the wrong motives? Well, are you grow, are you quick to faint? Are you quick to grow weary or are you able to press on and giving cheerfully? Even when you, there's this poem by Wendell Berry that talks about, um, planting a trees for a harvest. He knows he's never, ever going to see. Mm -hmm. And I just think that totally applies to parenting, but it should be applying to anything we're looking at. Like there is going to be a harvest. We might not ever see it, but because right. we know there will be one we can press on cheerfully <laughs> yeah, and generously. Right. Reaping has its place and, mm -hmm. and, um, God wins in the end. We know that mm -hmm. our efforts are not in vain. Um, but all of the reaping is also for the purposes of God. So just mm -hmm. like you said, like even the bounty that we may see is all so that we can have more seed to sow. And that it says yeah. that in this chapter as well, something along those lines of like, any, any fruit that God's going to bring it's so that we can continue forth this mission of the Lord. So like, even in, even if you saw an amazing fruitful harvest, it's for glorifying God, giving thanks to him. And then, okay, I got fruit. Now what can I do with it? Yes. Yeah, save your seeds for the next harvest. I mean, exactly. that's really, that's really what it is, is you're your heirloom to people. Yes. <laughs> heirloom, heirloom so that's verse 10 and 11 it says he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing there we and go. increase the harvest of your righteousness you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way yeah yep through, which through us will produce thanksgiving to god so mm -hmm. through all this sowing and reaping 
that's glorifying God. Like, mm-hmm. e- even if it may be in small things like a swats for a kid that day, like those mm-hmm. are seeds being sown <laughs> that one day will reap a harvest that we can glorify God for. And hopefully our children will glorify God for like, that's mm-hmm. all that is all the end goal in this is God getting glory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So that's kind of, that was kind of it. It just really helped to reorient my heart this last week, you know, just starting with school and stuff all over again and just having to really reevaluate what, what am I able to do now that I have more kids under my roof that I'm teaching? What should my overreach look like if much at all? Yeah. 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 And, um, I think it's just so important with motherhood, especially we've talked about this in different angles, a very variety of times, but just with motherhood, like, like you say, I say all the time, because I do not growing weary and doing good. Um, and not allowing ourselves to start being grumbly about the job that, or the season that God has us doing. Mm -hmm. Um, because it can be a job that is monotonous because you do it every day. Um, but it's, there's so much fruit being sown in different ways. Um, and Mm -hmm. it's in the meals that we cook. It's in the discipline that we give. It's in every, it's the cleaning of our house. It's in everything that we do. There's fruit and work that we're doing to the Lord for his glory that he will bring, that he will bring fruit and a harvest for. Um, so yeah, don't grow weary in doing good. Have you ever read any of Lilius Trotter's stuff or I think, I think Elliot's book on her is called a path through suffering. Mm-mm. Okay. She's really cool. She was a, um, she was a Victorian painter who studied under John Ruskin, who was like, I don't know what the school of artistry is that he's from necessarily, but mm-hmm. he was a pretty big deal. And he wasn't a believer, but she was a believer and she wanted to go be a missionary. And he just felt like you're totally throwing your entire career in the trash can basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but she ended up being, I can't, I get confused. She was one of the first female uh, missionaries to a Muslim country and she was able to like make a lot of inroads because she was a female and could go reach the other females. Oh. But she used her heart, her um, art to just draw all sorts of beautiful nature paintings basically, but they're all meditations on death in nature and the gospel. So it'll be like a, a pretty picture of a flower that's just about to die and you can see the fruit coming behind it, mm. but then it'll be a little, a little saying at the bottom about the gospel. And, mm. um, it, that has just been such a helpful visual to keep in mind of like the seed. I mean, it even says it in scripture, the seed has to go in the ground and die in order for there to be yeah. fruit. We yeah. have to be willing to crucify our, our, well, our flesh already is crucified. Mm-hmm. So this isn't legalistic. Our flesh has been crucified with Christ and now we're walking according to the spirit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we can't get around the death. <laughs> yep. Just this week, Jared and I were talking that it is an honorable thing to sacrifice something you love for something that you love more. Yes. And, and our world doesn't, our world tells us that that's not the truth. That if you have to mm-hmm. sacrifice something that you love, like whether it be a career or a hobby or whatever it may be, if you have to sacrifice something you love for something that you love more, that's actually extremely honorable. And that mm-hmm. in motherhood, we should applaud each other for that. Whenever yeah. we're laying down something that we enjoy for the sake of a gift that God has given us, like children, um, we should tell each other, good job. Hey, God's mm-hmm. going to honor that. God's going to honor mm-hmm. the sacrifice mm-hmm. that you made, that you are letting 
uh, area of yourself be put in the ground for this season so that mm -hmm. later on it would reap a harvest. And mm -hmm. I love Rachel, Rachel Jankovic talked about this in um, one of the interviews that she did with Allie something, whatever that girl's name is. Um, yeah, I think so. Maybe Does she have podcast. I, is, I think so. I think it's the relatable podcast. Okay. I think it was that one. I might be getting her name wrong. Yeah, sorry. I, mean, <laughs> I may be saying yeah to someone that wasn't. Yeah. So sorry, everyone. <laughs> if you want to find it, let me know. I'll Google it. But she said in um, the interview how, you know, when the season of her kids being really little, she had to lay down a lot of like creative arts and things that she really enjoyed um, for a season. And now that her kids are bigger, she has seen God just absolutely mm. bless that stuff. Now that she's had an opportunity to do it again, just God just like pouring mm -hmm. out his blessing upon it. And that was just so encouraging to me because there's so many things in this season of my life that used to be hobbies that just don't fit in right now. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's totally okay. And people will say things to me sometimes like, do you still do this or do you still that? And I'm like, uh, I mean, I do, but not the same way, you know? And, yeah. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And it's, and to me, mm -hmm. it like, it almost makes me teary because I'm just so thankful that God has given me children. Yeah. Thank you, God, that you've given yeah. me something to lay down, you know? Yes. I'm, I'm just yes. thankful. Yes. I'm very thankful that God um, has given me something more beautiful to love mm -hmm. and to enjoy for the season. And, um, and I think that we should think of it in that way, whether, rather than mm -hmm. think of it as this like horrible sacrifice that we've made in some way, yeah. like, um, because that's mm -hmm. what the world wants you to think of children, that they just steal all your joy when it's such yes. an absolute lie. Like kids are the funnest joy bringers in the world. I was mm -hmm. just telling my friend Becky, like it's such an absolute lie that society has tried to tell people that kids will like steal your freedom and joy away. <laughs> it's like <laughs> kids are so stinking fun and I laugh all day long because they are so fun. And yes, it's hard sometimes. But they're awesome and hilarious and awesome. And I just, yeah. I just, I, I feel sad that people have bought into the lie mm. that like motherhood and children are this big drain on life. Mm. Yeah, it is sad. You're robbing yourself of blessings when you're um, pursuing practical barrenness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's a little side note, but something that made, made me think of. Yeah. I think um, one other thing I wanted to mention too is like sometimes we don't always get to choose what season we're in. And I know that people can be in hard seasons that they didn't choose. Like I chose motherhood. I chose having babies. I chose homeschooling. And I think sometimes people can say, well, jokes on you basically, but sometimes <laughs> we don't, we don't get to choose our seasons. We don't get to choose if somebody in our family gets really sick or right. um, if, if we lose a spouse or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think even in that, just remembering like God has ordered all of our seasons, there is a comfort in his providence and those sort of a thing, those sort of things. And just seeing that and meditating on that has um, maybe not like cured all inability to give completely cheerfully, but it has helped me like give thanks, I guess you could say for his, mm -hmm. even just his character in those sort of seasons. Yeah. Um, or even just like thinking, like we had a really, really awkward thing happen in our family last week, which I won't go into tons of detail about, but it was, I was just kind of put in a position where it was, it was unexpected service, mm -hmm. but then it was really, really hard service as well. And, um, I just like, I was thinking about God's character, both as being provident, but also as being a humorous God. 
who wants me to be able to laugh about these things. Yeah. And just the fact that I knew he would rather me laugh about what was happening than be stomping around all day about it just Mm -hmm. really gave so much conviviality to the circumstances and it lightened like the mood of the relationships that were yeah, you know, involved. <laughs> but if I had been, you know, just taking my eyes off of the fact that Christ had prepared this specific good work for me beforehand, and he wants me to do it, and he's up there standing up there like a drill sergeant, that's not at all how God is mm-hmm. handing out and planning, pre-planning our good works for us. Yeah. So don't take yourself too seriously in your service either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that even during hard seasons, that we can still have joy in them. Like it Mm -hmm. may be a different kind of joy than like Mm -hmm. a belly laughing toddlers type joy. But like even in, even in really difficult situations, we have to trust that like there really is peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm -hmm. And there really Mm -hmm. is a joy in the nearness of God during difficulty. And Mm -hmm. that that's the beauty of having God as our father that we really can trust that during those seasons that we never thought we'd be in, that yeah. God will be with us mm-hmm. and, and will hold us fast. Yeah, I think it's so good in those times to really actively just start listing off things that you're thankful for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Totally change your perspective. Well, I think it's about time to be done because Jared caught a fish to put in the oh. pool. Oh, okay. It. It's not going to die this time. <laughs> so I better fill you guys in. So uh, last weekend during nap time, Jared went to try to catch a fish out of the pond to surprise the kids with in the swimming pool and it died. So when they went to go get in the swimming pool, oh. there was a dead fish floating in it. <laughs> what did you guys do with it? No, just got it out and fillet it and put it in the freezer. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> to eat later. Um, but this time he did it. There's a live fish swimming in the swimming mm. pool. So when the kids wake up, they'll be real either excited or weirded <laughs> out by that. <laughs> like, not again, Dad. That was not a good prank. <laughs> not again. Dad put a fish in our swimming so pool. Funny. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Well, okay. go have fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See you later. And thanks for listening, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of The Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started The Shepherd's Crook for Wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.